Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estados, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Figa podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasish, as always, coming to you live every Tuesday with me, Dave de Oliveira, up in the great white north that's not so white right now. Dave, what's happening, my brother? The white is coming soon, uh, soon enough here, but we got to enjoy the uh, the loss of the summer while we uh, still can. But uh, great to be on here, uh, Alfredo. Uh, we're, we're in the Champions League. We've got, yes, the, sir. Uh, we've got the money. Back up the uh, Brinks truck. The, we've got the money. We've got the cash, and uh, we qualify for Champions League. Yes, sir. Also with us, and and continuing in the the guest hosts, uh, guest hosts in Cristiano's absence, Pedro Aresta. <laughs> you might know Pedro Aresta from. Uh, he was the host of the Three Tugas podcast, a podcast that's now Pedro, hiatus or gone for good. Gone for good, man. Gone for good. How you been? How's brother? it going? Good. How's everything? Good man, thanks for for joining us. I know that you uh, miss talking, Benfica, yeah, when, yep. especially when you're not in a bar setting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I miss good, those man. good old podcast days, man, where you get to banter one another and, and go back and forth. It was it was fun, but life happens, man. That's what happens. Yeah, man. So uh, for you guys that don't know, Three Tugas Podcast was a podcast that uh, was hosted by Pedro. Uh, that had another Benfica leader on, then that Mike Casoilu and uh, Bruno. So Mike was a Sporting fan. Um, Bruno was, was is a Porto fan. All both all, both of those guys are still are still fans, obviously. But you know, yeah. there's a lot of banter uh, back and forth. It was like the Diaz Gint, man. So you get a a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of frustrating talk from uh, in terms of uh, listening to your opponents talk, and especially when it's a week where you didn't do too well, you had to listen to. Uh, you know, those are rough days, man. Those were rough oh, days. Yeah. But Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, welcome uh, all the Freddies that are joining us in the, in, the, in the chat. Thank you very much, as always. Uh, and it's a happy day. Happy day for us, Pifikistas. The first objective is uh, is completed, which was making it to the, the group stages of the Champions League. Uh, 39 point something million 
um, that we just uh, pocketed. Uh, but also the most important thing, I think, is uh, the fact that we now have a new level uh, it's like playing a game when you achieve certain things, you get a new level of weapons that you could access. And uh, I think that uh, being in a Champions League and playing in the group stages of the Champions League, I think it's very appealing and attractive uh, for any guys that are part of big clubs right now that are fringe players that uh, that uh, that their clubs don't count on them. And I think that Bifika could probably look at these group of players and 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 get some surgical some surgical guys, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Up on tap tonight, we will uh, discuss the the Kiev game, the the two games against uh, Dinam Kiev. Uh, we'll also look at the the, the four pots and uh, who uh, some some of the potential uh, opponents will be in a group stage, which the draw takes place this Thursday. And we'll look uh, ahead to uh, Boa Vista, which is Benfica's next domestic competition game. Uh, which happens this Saturday. So here we are. Let's get right into this uh, Kiev game. Benfica traveled. Um, wait, we already spoke about the the Kiev game, no, right? No, we Did didn't. Not? The first, the it, it first. Was, uh, it was last Wednesday, so we wouldn't have recapped it. But if we want to just tie them both uh, together, we can. Oh, it was last Wednesday. It was Wednesday, yeah. Okay, good deal. So Benfica would travel to Poland because, as, as you all know, uh, Kiev is not playing in uh, in the Ukraine. Uh, give you the lineup, which was. Basically, the same lineup that we saw today. Vlakodimus was in goal, Gilberto, Otamendi, Murato, and Grimaldo, Florentino, and Enzo, Neres, João Mario, Rafa, and Ramos up front. Uh, nothing nothing really to, to talk about this game. I think that Benfica is just a, a, a superior team to this Kiev team. Uh, and as we hear more about this Kiev team, we, we hear about the, the difficulties that we don't read about, right? So the fact that they're players are, are are their their lives are in shambles a lot of their families and friends have been affected by this uh this russian occupation of the ukraine uh but uh every time we we hear something like the, their coach for example he said that the players haven't been home in two months you know and, and look at regardless of the level of talent that you have it's got to be something that's very impactful to your life. Uh, and then you got loved ones, you got family, you got friends. Uh, and there's always that in the back of your mind. There's always that worry. There's also those stories that get to you uh, as a Ukrainian citizen and as a, a football player that about things that the atrocities that are going on in the Ukraine. So certainly uh, I think that there has to be something said about what this team has been able to accomplish, especially getting through two opponents to play Benfica, but certainly they were overmatched um, against uh, Benfica. Um, Pedro, I'll start with you, man. What, this lineup, we've seen this lineup quite a bit, right? But what do you think? This is uh, this is the strongest lineup um, that uh, that Roger Smith could play, could play, or or do you think there's a guy on a bench that could be making their way on? I mean, had you asked me this question? Three weeks ago, I probably would have said there's definitely somebody on the bench. But um, after seeing these guys perform week in and week out and the, the cohesion behind everything that, that's going on defensively in the midfield, just seems like all the grounds are being covered. All the spaces are being covered without ball. And it's it's I just I just feel like I don't think there's anybody on the bench right now that can just slide in. I feel like if it's not broken, don't fix it. Uh, you know, I, I questioned Florentino, I questioned Gilberto, I questioned a lot of players three weeks ago, but 
I mean, there's not much you can question about them right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, it's uh, and and a lot of people can make the argument for for Bob that Bob should be starting uh, over Gilberto. But man, what we've seen from Gilberto so far, um, he's been good. And and look, looks it, like doping. <laughs> looks like he's doping. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, look the guy. You can't say that he's a, he's a a, a world class right back, right? But certainly. Correct is a guy that much that's much better than Gonzalez is a guy that's much better than, than Almeida. And with those two guys, I think that that right, right side of the defense kind of leaves everybody in a good position. Dave, what do you think, man? Yeah, there's going to be a time that Ba is going to get his, his minutes. We're still very early in, in the season. And we've seen with this uh, squad in the, in the past that um, injuries do, do happen. So Ba is going to get his time, but right now, yeah, don't fix what's uh, not broken. Gilberto's uh, there. And I, um, I, I know we've ragged on this uh, individual here in, in the past and a couple of podcasts ago too, but Joao Mario is still there in, in that midfield, that three uh, midfield position uh, as well. Whether that's because there's no suitable replacement on, on the bench uh, currently, that's another discussion, but I mean, He's there. He's got uh, Schmidt's uh, trust, and that's the the lineup that we're uh, continuing to uh, to roll out at, at least. Yeah, no, f- for sure. I think, and and we there was a lot of talk about in terms of okay, where's the rotation gonna gonna come right? Because we we're playing games um, quite frequently, especially after the the league started. But certainly, you got to think that this early on. The trick was to get reps to these guys. Uh, Enzo came off the plane and right onto the pitch, right? Uh, probably didn't didn't know all of, not probably, didn't know all of uh, everyone's tendencies. Where do you like the ball to be played at? What, what What's your favorite foot? What, do you, what kind of runs that you like to make? And, and all this repetition, regardless of somebody thinking, man, it's 3 nothing. you should be getting a rest. All it is is just improving the team. And let's not also forget that this is the beginning of the season. So I don't know how many tired legs are out there. I know that Enzo was midseason, but still, I think there's a, there's a concern that people it's like, I don't I don't want to hurt this, this this chemistry. I don't want to hurt this chemistry. But but certainly, uh, you know, I think tired legs is probably something that you need to be concerned of. I mean, Joe Mario, Joe Mario, bro, he's he's known for starting strong come November. Or something, bro. I don't know. So might but... as well put him in while he's hot. That's it, man. Keep him <laughs> going. This uh this Norwegian guy that we picked up, is he somebody that slots into Juan Mario's position or is he somebody that slots into Tinu's uh position? Um, I, he's more of a center a center mid. From what I've been able to see uh and read, uh he's a guy that could play both Tino's position and Enzo's position. So both a six and an eight. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, getting back in, into the game, um, Befico first on the board, one nothing in the ninth minute. Uh, Gilberto would have would have shot right through the legs, suffered a little bit of a deflection. But regardless of the deflection, that was going to go in. Uh, and then in the 37th minute, uh, 2 nothing by Rojamush. And I think that after that, I think Befico uh, managed the game a little bit. Uh, I think that we could have scored more goals in the second half and we could have came away with uh, a more comfortable result. But I think 2 nothing, Pedro, in uh, a way, 
in Kiev, uh, or not Kiev, in Poland, in Poland against in Poland, Kiev yeah. wasn't uh, wasn't a, a very bad result. Understanding that we, we were coming to start to lose. Uh, not at all. I'll take that any day of the week, man, especially in the Champions League. Um, I just think, uh, one, I think it was a very emotional game for Kiev, especially, right? So you knew that I thought they would come out just guns blazing. And the fact that we scored early on and in the first half we took the lead, I thought it was good. The only thing I wish they would have done was not take the foot off the gas pedal. Um, I've always said 2-0 is definitely the most... Uh, most uh how do you say resultado mais falso mais falso que existe no futebol you know what i mean yeah um especially, especially at on, a, time. on a two-legged yeah fair yeah exactly and i was just afraid that you know listen we looked good we looked great like you said they controlled the game uh the pace of the game they controlled it all but you never know man this is the Valerdonda, like they say all the time and you never know what would happen in that second leg luckily it didn't happen but um, I don't know. I just don't like to leaving leave anything to chance. But I think uh, I think the boys are doing their job right now, man. Especially in that first game. It's been a while. What's it been? A week. So it's kind of hard to remember exactly what went on in that match. But um, I think they did fairly well. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a question because I haven't spoken to you in a while. Um, what, what did you think of? Uh, it, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. But what what, would, what were your thoughts in terms of uh, the the Roger Smith appointment? Was it was it the guy? Did you did you say okay? I could I could I could get I could get with this, or did you did you have it someone else in mind that you that you preferred? In the beginning, I, I questioned it quite a bit, only because of the language barrier. Um, the Portuguese league is a very different league, especially when you're the top when when you are one of the top three teams. It's a very very hard competitive league to or not competitive league. It's very hard for the coach to understand that almost every single game you're going to be playing in is you're playing against a team that's going to be parking the bus, let's say, uh, and burning tons of time, you know, a lot of stoppage of game and a lot of coaches that don't play in Portugal may not understand that. And that ends up, you know, sort of hurting them. And there may be that, that time that you need in order to, for a, a coach to understand it and to adjust. And that was the only thing that kind of scared me about bringing in Schmidt. Uh, but, I don't know. It seems like he's doing all right, man. The only the only concern that I saw that in was the Casapia game, which kind of got me a little worried there. But I think he's doing well uh, after the preseason finished. I said, all right, I think we'll be all right. I think uh, he'll be around for a while, hopefully. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the Casapia game showed him something that he's going to encounter 80 percent of the games in the the Tuga, the Tuga ball. Totally. Yep, exactly. You know, whereas it uh, all ten guys behind the ball, you know, just not having not having spaces. Uh, but the thing that encouraged me is that you noticed that he made the adjustments at halftime, and and we played much better in the second half. Uh, Correct. But certainly, I, I was happy. I was happy with his appointment. Um, but I, yeah, there was there was a little bit of hesitation in terms of uh, not so much a language barrier, but not being acclimated to the Portuguese league and and Ajmanis. You know, the, yeah. the, the trickery that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, but in terms of language, JJ spoke his own language also. So I don't know if that was ever a problem. <laughs> We're still trying to decipher that language. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I haven't uh, I haven't checked in on him, but uh, I can imagine what's going on in Turkey with him, man. Um, I think he's oh, a man. superstar there. They, well, they got bounced from the Champions League, but they I think they're, they're on... Uh, 
they've broken some record or through they've scored like 13 goals through the first three games of the season and something that hasn't been done in uh in Turkish football I think I saw some stat uh, about that so he's tearing up the Turkish league but I love you, Jesus. I love you. (laughs) He'll have to wait for your Ah, league action. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. (laughs) Take it easy. Somebody, uh, somebody made like a little like video meme of uh, of Mefica scoring goals, and like uh, him saying, "Why didn't they play like that when uh, when they were playing for me?" And then there was there was Roger Smith saying something, or Ruben Amorim saying something. It it was pretty funny. If you haven't checked that out, that's all that's all over Twitter, man. Um, But certainly, two nothing coming to Stade Luge tonight was the 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 second uh, the second fixture. Uh, Same lineup, Um, Benfica right right on from the get go. It took us a little bit to get the the the, the score line, the scoreboard functioning, but twenty uh, seventh minute Otamendi from an Irish cross. We already had threatened a couple times. Then the fortieth minute Rafa uh, unassisted after a steal from a, a press, uh, and then three minutes later, three nothing Irish uh, on the on an assist from from Ramos, which I thought Ramos was was passing to uh, Rafa. Actually, he missed the pass. But the the good thing about this Benfica team, uh, Pedro, is that Benfica puts a lot of bodies into the final third, which is not something that we that we we were doing before. No, um, I have to say, this is by far the best 45 minutes. The first half of this game was by far the best 45 minutes I've probably seen Benfica playing in maybe three, four years. Easy, hands down. Uh, the pressure, the pressure was relentless, man. Um, you had, like you said, didn't matter where the ball was going. It seemed like we had legs. We had a red shirt on the field at that point, taking the ball and, and doing something with it. You know what I mean? Which is what we didn't see last year. Um, I think it's just, it's just amazing to be honest with you, man. The addition of Ned, um, Enzo, what a player, bro. What yeah. a baller. Both what of them. a baller, bro. Both of them. Ned is, is, is more of a, uh, how would we say? Like Chris would say. He's got Jinga, right? <laughs> yeah. He exudes. He's got Jinga, yeah. um, but Enzo is just a complete player, man. This yeah, this man. guy, he's all over the field. He occupies a lot of space. He can create coming out of the back. He can take away space from the opponent. It's just, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's I don't know how the hell we landed him. I, the one it, thing I do remember, a few weeks back, we were talking. You guys were all talking about this on the one episode. And uh, this is when Benfica was trying to land him. And I remember you saying that this was a player that Benfica had to do whatever they had to do and go about it, whichever way they had to in order to acquire this player. And Chris at the time was saying, nah, if you're coming to Benfica, uh, you shouldn't need anything else. Either he's coming or he's not coming. We're not a second division team or anything like that. But man, I'm glad we did wait. Fuck. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad we did wait. I watched. I think, look. I think we're more glad that they got bounced out of the the Copa Libertadores, or else we wouldn't be able. We'd be waiting till December for this. We might have some really big problems uh, at that point, really, because who who slots into that position? Like, the do we go out and have to buy somebody else to to have somebody slot into that Enzo position? Because he he's just fit so perfect, like a glove in there. It's hard to see anybody else in that uh, position. I know the chat with the Freddies is going off right now about with this uh, Norwegian uh, midfielder coming in, whether 
who's who's gonna come in uh, or be taken out for uh, for this guy to slot into the lineup? But really, Enzo's just played in like a glove that he's he's not coming out of that lineup. Uh, you're gonna have to pull him off uh, that that lineup if uh, yeah if uh, he's, he's, not, he's he's cemented that position. Fucking amazing. Fucking Ramos will have to run into him head first for him to come out. <laughs> <laughs> no, li- listen. Um, I watch. But as soon as if I you don't pick up, ahead. if you don't pick up this guy, who do you think Roger Schmidt slides into his position, bro? Honestly, he has to go Who's get he? somebody else. But if he, I don't if think don't we get have anybody else. on the squad, I don't think we have any. We haven't had that proper eight in a very long time. The guy that grabs the ball and, and takes the game, takes the game by the scruff of the neck and just just maestros the shit out of, you know, the thing that impressed me the most about him. And, and when I found out that um, that that Benfica were interested in and it started getting traction, um. I, I watched a couple of River games and I, I was extremely impressed by him. Um, Cristiano, not so much. But the thing for me is just his awareness. Before he gets the ball, he already knows where the next ball is going to be. And it's always a positive pass. It's never a lateral. It's always a pass that's going to find a guy with room to progress on the field. I'm, and then the other thing is that he gets into the box. He can't, despite all the hard work that he does defensively and covering and balancing the team, he's able to get into the box. And that's impressive. And he could do this all game long. It's impressive, man. It's very yeah, he impressive. Makes Ra- he makes Rafa look like the next Maradona, kid. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's funny because uh, when when we were after Bruno Guimarães, right, and we kind of we, we missed him, that, I, I, I guess we didn't want to pay what they wanted and he ended up at uh at Lyon, right? He ended up at Lyon. Yeah. And then after seeing him, it's like, man, we we missed out on, on a real good player. I just I I thought that Benfica couldn't miss out on this player because I really saw a lot of talent there. And look, if it took for for them to get to the Libertadores to the final, it, it is what it is, but I do understand that there's a lot of objectives in the beginning of the ha- of the of the season that that we need to be at our strongest. So I don't know if he comes to us in November and December, how much of the season do we still have to compete for, right? Because look, the the group stages we'll get into a little bit uh, into it a l- in a little bit. Looking at those spots, man, there's some some really really good teams out there, and I'm not just talking about the the guys in pot one. But I'm talking about the other teams that have that have done very well domestically, like Napoli, for example, uh, like Ajax, for example. All those teams, they're they're good little teams. They can compete with any team. Uh, and I think that having him, and I think that there's there's somebody that every time that Benfica plays, there's somebody that tweets and thinks uh, thinks that what, what was the team that uh, that defeated River? Uh, I forget who it was, but they. Ooh. But they, they oh, is it San Lorenzo? No, it wasn't San Lorenzo. But there's somebody that tweets every time, thank you, so so and so for for obviously beating them. So that it worked, it worked out great, man. Uh, but what a what a player, man. And and the more I see of him, the more impressed I am. And both in, in the defensive side of the ball, but also the offensive side of the ball. The guy is so sharp, so so sharp. And when guys start getting used to him 
putting the ball where where they want it, that this team is going to believe more and more, and they're going to flow a lot, lot more. Um, he makes the three players in front of him look great. Yeah, think well, about that, it. Him and Tino, him and Tino, because they balance, they balance, the, they balance, and then when those guys press in front of them, they're able to pick up the second ball, or they're able mm-hmm. to squeeze a guy that's not going to have time to to make a pass. Um, but Dave, I, what I'm what I'm concerned about is Vigel, man. And Vigel, you know, I've always been a fan of Vigel, but in this style, I mean, I really he can't see Vigel. I, I can't no, see Vigel. No. But the really, I guess are we are we're probably not recouping what we paid for right at this point. I think we're just cutting our losses and trying to to sell to whoever's interested. I like, think who, that no, um, I don't think we get twenty million for for a Vigel at this time. Yeah, I, what I think is that um, it's either we're going to get the money that we hope that we get for him. And obviously I don't think it's going to be the same that we pay for, or we let him go out on loan uh, with an option, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he's got, he's, if, if there's a guy on, on the squad, I think out of all the guys, he probably has market. He has market in, in Germany. Certainly. Uh, I think that he could, he could play it in a league really. And I said, what do you think of this final situation, man? Uh, to be honest with you, if you can get your 12, 13, or 14, get rid of them ASAP. Reason being, I personally feel like you have a lot less money invested in Florentino Luis, and the fact that Weigel isn't playing and Florentino Luis is actually getting a lot more playing time, Florentino Luis's value is going to go higher, and you're going to actually make even more than what you thought you were going to be losing with the sell of Weigel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Velez Sarsfield. Thanks, Gonçalves. Appreciate it, man. Um. Yeah, there's somebody that tweets, uh, thank you, Velez, every every time that Benfica plays. It's <laughs> fucking great. I love it. I love it. Yeah, but this this Vigel situation and certainly is is probably not the same situation as a Maite. <laughs> Nobody's going to want Maite, but certainly Vigel <laughs> has a lot of market. But it, it's probably, it's just a matter of us being able to get Jeez, the money. I forgot we still had Maite. I thought we sent him to... The dungeon, I forgot. The dungeon. But I guess technically, I think we still have Tarap too. But he might be on. He's on the beach, right? He, he's he's not even registered with us. He's on. Uh, no, yeah, he's on. He's part of the. He's beach on squad. vacation with Chris right now. <laughs> That's why Chris isn't coming back. Yeah, he's on. Uh, <laughs> he, he's on the B team, man. Uh, he's on the B team, but he, he. I didn't see him play. I saw the B team play uh, last weekend. I didn't see him play, so I. I don't know. I think that he's going to end up in the Middle East somewhere, uh, as things get get tighter and clubs get more desperate and and their short lists get shorter uh i think that there's gonna somebody's gonna snap them up it's it's a guy that's making a lot of money both him and Vigel are, are making a lot of money so Benfica would would do well uh to get rid of him I, i'm sure maite is making some coin also but i think that uh that Benfica is moving Vigel. ex- go has gotta go man he's gotta go He's, uh, I personally thought last year, one of the big issues we had in that midfield was lack of speed. Um, yeah. he was one of, one of the reasons there's just no, how should you say? Yeah. Top speed. He's got top speed, but that initial rank, yeah, that, that there, ex- there was none. There was ex- none, man. There's that, yeah. That explosive first step. He didn't, he didn't have it. He's a guy that's very intelligent, no. good on the ball, but he doesn't. He mm-hmm. doesn't cover, he lacks that intensity to cover ground to press. Uh, exactly. And I see the same thing in Yaramchuk. And that's why I've always said that Yaramchuk 
is not going to be able to fit this this high press system because he's a guy that just sits in the heart of the box and waits for the ball. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. Uh, but yeah, two situations that uh, Benfica has to solve. But Pedro, what, what, how do you grade how Benfica have, have moved in this market, man? Well, I'd say A++, man. A++, dude. You see the one, difference one, the team is playing? Yeah. One, one plus it's for amazing. Enzo, one plus for Nerys. <laughs> even, even the fact that they kept fluting Dino, man, if you think about it. I know early on when the season started, they were saying they wanted to – you know, find the spot for him on some loan somewhere here or somewhere there. And it's uh, the fact, I think, that Schmidt comes in and doesn't have any kind of history with some of these players actually helped us out in the long run. You know, um, I think we were so used to seeing Tarapt in the midfield with Weigel last year that we felt like we had no other option. You know, if you really think about it. And we didn't. Um, we didn't. Right. We didn't. And then you got this guy who Enzo shows up. Gosh, amen. You know what I mean? Um, you got him. You got Florentino Luis, who just happens. Dude, they fit like hand in hand. I mean, you can't you can't even complain about that midfield there right now. Um, you got Neres. Neres, great addition. There's the Jinga that Chris has been looking for. Um, he even makes Gilberto look like a superstar on that side there. Um, dude, I, I think. The offseason was great, to be honest with you. The small little acquisitions that we made was just enough to increase that intensity, the speed in the midfield, and defensively, if you think about it. You know, I, you know, the one thing that this that did surprise me this year is uh Morato in the back. Yeah. I honestly think I honestly think Verissimo, uh Verissimo is gonna have a very, very hard time getting some spot on on this team, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I I think that uh if it's going to be tough. And, and last week or a couple of weeks ago, we discussed about, you know, what happens when all the center backs are, are healthy, you know, and uh, it, it's definitely a problem, but it's a good problem to have. Uh, but uh, I, I have been impressed by Murato. He's a guy, it's, he's quiet, but he, he's tough. He doesn't get intimidated by anyone. Um, at times he's maybe way too relaxed Aggressive. and cool. Really? No, but like when, he, when he's on a ball and he's got somebody on him, I think that he's way too relaxed and too cool. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's like for a kid his age, he has that composure. And then, yes, he's not afraid to get into somebody's heels or 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 back up into to somebody and just say, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm here. And he's he's a big boy. He's a big boy, man. And that's the other thing. We were talking about big salaries. What about Vertonghen? What do we do with a man like that with a salary yeah. like that? I think that uh, I heard last week or I read last week that uh, Vertonghen could possibly be going to uh, either the Premier or or to Belgium, uh, to uh, Anderlecht, right? Or something Anderlecht. like that. Yeah, yeah. Because he has to play because he's got the World Cup. I think that yeah. it, as you look at the step chart and with Verissim and uh, what's what's he what's he got? João 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 Vitor. Do we have any? João Vitor. That's it. No, João Vitor. With those two guys coming alive, I think that he's going to drop down on a pecking order even more. Absolutely. Uh, the biggest thing that he has, he's left footed, but so is Murato. I think that right now he's he's way above Vertonghen. Uh, continue uh, saying that uh, Vertonghen is going to Southampton. Yeah, that would that wouldn't be bad. I think that he could he could do well there, and he could play. You know, I guess 
So yeah, free transfer, but we clear up salary. Yeah, of course. I think at this point you can't expect to get money for Vertonghen, no. man. No. You just you rescind this contract, you 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 clean your books of his salary because he's making high high salary, and you let him yep. go and, and thank him for his service, man. So yep. I think he's done well, man. I think he I have a good impression of of uh, Vertonghen. He's been a professional. Obviously, he's he's a veteran. He knows when to rock the boat and when not to rock the boat. And he's he, he's always been a guy that. Uh, uh, that's respected the club and 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 respected the fan base and and I think that uh, we owe him that much to be able to move him along and, and let him play so we could uh, uh, so we could play for the national team. Um, what else? Yeah, so we're, we're 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 through Champions League group stages. Hey. Yeah, man. So it was it was uh, it was great, but now uh, interesting interesting uh, coming up here on the. Um, on the draw, this comes up this Thursday. Um, and I'll, I'll give you real quick what, what the pots look like. So Benfica is in pot three along with Sporting. Uh, in pot one, Man City, Real Madrid, Eintracht Frankfurt, um, AC Milan, Bayern, PSG, Porto, and Ajax. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of the way they classify the pots is, is how well you've done in European competitions in the past, I don't know, two, three years. I forget what the, what the game, what the time period is, but they look at how many points or they attribute mm. points based on, on team's performance, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Dave? Yeah. But pot, pot one is, is all the champions from the top champions, but oh, okay. the, the top five leagues and then plus the current holders and Frankfurt's in there for there winning uh, the Europa uh, okay. Uh, league. And then, and then pot two and on is, is by coefficient, but yeah, yeah. first pot is by that makes uh, sense. champions of, of the, the respective league. That makes sense. I like that. I like that. And pot two, look at this pot two, Liverpool, Chelsea, Barca, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Sevilla, Leipzig, and Tottenham. The only team hey. that there that's kind of like a little bit off is, is Leipzig. Other than that, we struggle against Germans. <laughs> yeah, Sevilla has done. Sevilla has done. Possible. Yeah, Sevilla has done very well in Pot Three: Benfica, Sporting, Dortmund, Salzburg, Shakhtar, Inter, Napoli, and Leverkusen. And in Pot Four: uh, Bruges, Celtic, Marseille, Maccabi Haifa, Pletzen. Then you got a couple, uh, a couple, uh, three, three uh, teams here that haven't been defined yet. They play tomorrow, so we'll find out who who is going to be. So it's going to be between uh, Dinamo Zagreb and, and Glint. Uh, PSV or Rangers, Copenhagen, and Trazonspor. So those are the the six teams, and and three of them will move on to Pot Four. But shit, looking at this, it's gonna be tough, man. Especially being in in Pot Three, um, you, you're not gonna definitely not gonna be the favorite to to win the group, certainly. And then looking at all these teams that are in Pot Two, it's gonna be a dogfight, man. And uh, and these drawing these draws haven't been all of that uh, favorable to us in the past couple of years. Sporting and Porto always get, seem to get uh, somewhat favorable draws, but not uh, not Befica. Hey, but it, to be fair, when we were sitting here last year and we got a draw of uh, Bayern, Barcelona, and Dinamo Kiev, we were talking about, oh, we're, we're happy if we get... Not that we're happy, but we weren't, we weren't going into that... Uh, those groups with high expectations and then if you want to do the complete opposite when a couple of years back when we were in a group with Basilea and god knows who else and we didn't even get a, a single point right so 
you just got to play the teams that uh, you're you're drawn against and see what happens here. Obviously, there's going to be some sharks in in pot one and in pot two, but let's see uh, let's see what this team can um, can do against these big boys because we saw last year we got uh, we got through uh, Barcelona and, and ended up going down to the next uh, next stages. Yeah. And I said, the, the thing that encourages me the most is looking at this Benfica team and also considering that there's probably going to be a couple more additions. Um, I think that this team can compete with any with any team in this Champions League. Obviously, it's always going to be hard when you come up against a Shark, but I think that we can compete. And if we play That's, well, why not? Absolutely, man. I take Give me uh, Eintracht Frankfurt out of pot one. Give me Barcelona <laughs> out of pot two. <laughs> I mean... Hey, it looks tough, man. I'm not going to lie. It looks very tough, very tough. But, hey, the luck of the draw. That's what it comes down to, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, you know, I wouldn't be upset in, in getting one of those those big teams in pot one because then you would think, okay, well, this is the outright favorite, and you're probably not going to compete with them for the group lead or, or win. Um, but you're going to have to compete with somebody in, in pot two, which is just as bad. Uh, but obviously we can't get Porto in, in, in our group stage because of the same country issues and so I mean, on and so forth. At a pot two, at a pot two, you're looking at it. You're saying Sevilla, Leipzig or Tottenham. I, I would even, yeah. to be honest, I would take a Juventus over, over Tottenham. I would take, take Barcelona Juve or Juventus. I take I would, either you, one of them. I would take yeah. Atletico. I would think Atletico is, nah, nah, is so nah, god, nah. it's they're, so awful. They're, they're so bad. They're, they're built for these tournaments, the defensive yep. Uh, yep. style here. But uh, Juve, they've they've been in shambles these last couple of seasons. They just came off a draw there on uh, on Monday too, and I don't know. They're not the Juve of of old that uh, we've been used to seeing. So they don't necessarily scare me. Though a, Italian team, they can tend to park the bus as well, but. They don't scare me as much as they did a couple of seasons All ago. Right. So I'll ask, I'll ask this instead of you picking the team, who would you, <laughs> who would you avoid? Who would you like to avoid? And I'll start with you, Dave. Who would you like to avoid out of pot two? Pot two? Uh, Got to be Liverpool. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Got I'd avoid Liverpool. Liverpool. Avoid Liverpool at all costs. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea is. So you know what? You know what's going to happen now, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just yeah. put it into existence. Yeah. I, yeah, I think knock, that. Knock on wood, dude. Knock on wood, man. <laughs> I think, what about you, Aresta? Dude, of course. I mean, Liverpool stands out. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like Atletico Madrid. I don't like Liverpool. Um, I'm not a fan of Sevilla either, to be honest with you, man. These are teams that are just Liverpool's on a whole different, a whole different world. But Atletico, like like Dave said, man, they're built for these te- for these tournaments. They really are. Sevilla is another team. They just lock down defensively, and it's very very hard to get some space and and try to play in that final third. They're, these are teams that know how to lock it down. I feel like I, we'd have a better shot with Barcelona right now than we would with Sevilla. We yeah, have and don't don't sleep on Tottenham either. They've got Conte. They're playing some good some good ball too, and that's another team. They've gotten a lot more organized with Conte uh, in charge too. So don't sleep on Tottenham. I think yeah. Tottenham has has become more consistent under Conte than than they were, uh, and especially after his first year. Uh, but yeah, I think that that Barca. Re- regardless of what stage they're in. And obviously they're in a much better place this year than they were last year, but still rebuilding, right? Still yeah. having issues 
uh, signing players, registering players. Um, their, their, their biggest target was Bernardo Silva and uh, the Man City directors are saying that, uh, as I already said, that Bernardo Silva is not going anywhere. Uh, so I don't know. I think I think that Barca is always going to be strong, but not the Barca's of years past. Juventus, as you mentioned, Dave, um, is a team that kind of has had a, a rough start. There's some turmoil there. Atletico, Atletico just lost to um, to Villarreal, uh, but I do get, I do understand what you guys are saying. And Leipzig can scrap it up, and and Tottenham, I think Tottenham could be very, very extremely dangerous. dangerous. They're yeah. the type of team that you could either tie one one, or they could beat you five zero, just like that, mm-hmm. without even a blink, because they have the weapons and they have the 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 players. It's just a matter of everything clicking and coming together. Um, and then part four, I, I really don't care about part four, uh, whatever comes. Um, for certain potential rematch with or matchup with Jota there with Celtic, uh, any other storylines there? Yeah, Mar- Marseille, maybe. Maybe we go to uh, we go to Zagreb and have all the split supporters come in and cheering <laughs> us, uh, cheering us on. I don't know, I'm trying to pick at straws here. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, pot four, I don't want to face the Rangers. I don't want Celtic. I don't want PSV. Yeah, PSV would be tough. That, that's, that, that's... that fixture is going to be interesting. That PSV and, and Rangers fixture is going to be is going to be because PSV then there's there's a whole storyline for PSV, right? With with Roger Smith being their former coach. There's a whole storyline yeah. behind that. And and whenever a coach parts ways, the guys that stay behind, there's there's almost like I'm on a I got this agenda or I'm on this mission that you shouldn't have left us. You should have stayed with us and we're a better team than the team that you went to. So there's yep. always that storyline that could brew, but yeah, I, I would, yeah, I, I'd probably avoid PSV out of all the teams. The rest of them, I really don't care. I, I don't think that Celtic and, and the Rangers, they could, they could play at a good level, but I don't think they have, um, they have a, like a, a, a really good squad to play in Europe, but they, they'll scrap it up. They'll scrap it up just because it's the style. It's that British style, physical, direct, uh, you know, and sometimes we have problems with that, especially when we play with such a high line. Um, but, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see, man. Um, be interesting. I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm actually planning a, a trip to uh, Portugal sometime in September or October. So if we get a good group, I'd love to go in and see a couple of matches at Stade Luz or one match at Stade Luz. So, We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Boavista. Dave, you got any stats on Boavista or you yeah. haven't started compiling them yet? No, I've got the stats on Boavista. They currently have uh, six points from two wins against uh, Porto Menes and Santa Clara and uh, lost actually this past weekend against Casa Pia. Um, historically, we've got, uh, in 129 games, we've got 75 wins, 34 draws, and 20 uh, defeats. Our last 10 against them, seven wins, two draws, one defeat. But the last five at the best, uh, only two wins, one draw, and two defeats. So um, di- difficulties uh, going up to the best uh, uh, in recent history there. Yeah, so Saturday, 6 p.m. local at Stadio Dubessa, as uh, Dave mentioned. And, and yes, after two uh, two wins to start the league, they lost to Casapia uh, just this past weekend. Um, Aresta, what do, you, what do you expect of this uh, Boavista team up north? It's never never, never easy. But we've also had uh, good experiences. 
I don't know, man. It's still too early in the season. Uh, honestly, it seems like we've we've seen what Porto has to offer. We've seen what Sporting has to offer. I think as the season goes on, you'll see a lot of the other teams. Um, I mean, we've seen what Braga has to offer, but Boa Vista, Guimarães, all these other teams, it's they're hit or misses, to be honest with you, man. It's it's one of those games where you go there and you're sort of scared. You don't know whether you should, you know, be confident or not confident, but I don't know. Bovista is always one of those teams. It's like, I don't know how to say, I don't know how to say it, man. It's just, you, you feel the little goosebumps on your arms until that first goal goes in and then, and then you feel a little more comfortable. You know what I mean? But I think it's still too early in the season, but I yeah. just hope Schmidt took something away with him that Casapia game and, uh, and, and goes into this a little different. Yeah. And, uh, and Dave, what do you think? Uh, Champions League hangover? <laughs> I, I'm I'm scared because I'm looking back at this um not too long ago, two seasons ago, we went on this run too, and I'm I'm looking back here, minus the Powell game, but we opened the season with seven straight uh victories. Then we went up to uh the Bessa, three-nothing de- defeat. That was uh <laughs> that was kind of the de- the beginning of the end that uh that season so i'm i'm very nervous just based on recent history we've we've struggled there and uh they are a team that can possess uh, a threat to us not necessarily going forward but i don't know there's some demons there at the uh at the best yeah. so I'm, I'm i'm not uh i'm not i'm confident but i'm i'm hesitant i'll put it that way I the, only, the only benefit we have is javi garcia's on the bench who was there last year so <laughs> he should know what it's all about right and, <laughs> and, and and somebody here in the chat uh david rodriguez also mentioned uh or musa uh as well was with Boavisha last year he made his uh got his first minutes with the the squad here uh today with the the, the kiev match yeah yeah he hasn't played enough to for us to get a, a feeling and, and there was he was injured also uh, but i think that the, and i i i get what you're saying dave uh bo visa doesn't really bring up uh good memories i remember that that brun varela beat oh, to the one that hit his hands and it went in uh and then um a couple couple was it last season or a couple seasons ago we two lost seasons. three two seasons ago we lost to to Boavista three nothing JJ's first year and it all came falling apart after that game after having and that was Boavista's only win like for the whole <laughs> half of the season too wasn't it yeah that, that was, was their oh god they, they hadn't won a game um up until that point and then they beat Benfica and last year if I'm don't re- if I recall correctly there was a, a kind of like an odd thing against Boavista also if I'm not mistaken you drew them I'm pretty sure uh let me bring up yeah last, there was uh, there was year. uh it's it's look it's always tricky go playing up north I just hope that you know the the team remains focused uh and there's no Champions League uh hangover uh, and I think that, you know, we, we just spoke about Javi Garcia and, and seeing some of the images of, of these, the, the coaching staff and the technical staff as, as they, uh, as they celebrate, uh, there's a certain vibe that I get from, from seeing guys on that bench, the way they, they kind of congrat high five each other can hug each other and congratulate each other. To me, there's, there's a really good vibe uh, in the middle of that technical team. And I don't know if that's, that's what you, you, get the feeling also at Esther. Um, I think the camaraderie looks like it's, it's back from what it was three, four, five years ago. I thought we had lost it, especially losing certain players that, that, that were strong in the Balneario. 
Um, I think that was the one thing we were missing last year. Yeah. It seems like it's back. It seems like it's back. Um, I know a lot of people criticize the fact that we were picking up Xavi Garcia. Um, I think he's, he's one thing we did need him uh, there together with uh, Louison in the locker room. Um, not, not just respect, but they, they bring something of, of the past maybe into the locker room that some of these players needed to feel, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think he was a good, I think he was a good acquisition, man. I know he doesn't have all the experiences coaching, but, uh, when he played on Benfica, man, I always thought he was a very intelligent player and, and I'm, I'm hoping that part of what's going on right now is due to what he brings to the coaching staff. Yeah, I think. No, I th in, in, uh, continue brings up a, a great point that Javi Garcia knows the ins and out of this, this, this Boa Vista team. So he's going to prove to be a, an asset for Schmidt. But I think that, you know, when, when you look back at what we had in the past couple of years where you had this egotistical guy that thought he was the, the last, the last slice on, on the pack, whatever. Uh, and then there was almost You're talking about Bruno Lage, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there was almost this i don't he just like felt that he was above everyone and very rarely do you did you see like did you see like a a display of uh affection and not affection in that way but like a congratulatory type of embrace between jj and his assistants it always seemed that there was a lot of tension just because of how intense the guy was and it always seemed that none of the guys on the bench were relaxed because of this maniac on a touchline that was going absolutely berserk and the contrast from what we had last year in the past couple of years with JJ and now the contrast with this, with this technical team, this coaching team, it's like, it's, it's kind of surprising because you're not used to seeing it. And maybe that's why I'm noticing it. Maybe I'm thinking, maybe that's normal. That's what the normal coaches do. They congratulate each other. They, they hug each other, they high five each other, but we never had that with JJ. And now seeing this is like, Wow, I was watching and they were celebrating one of the goals and I forget which goal it was. I don't know if it was uh, Rafa's goal or, or Otamendi's goal. But I was like, wow, those guys look like they're really having fun with this yeah. team and they're happy and there's a certain harmony that uh, that you could feel from watching these guys. And I don't know if anybody else picked up on that, but but certainly I think that I'm, I'm encouraged by seeing the, the coaching staff behave like that. Hey, winning what I... winning's always fun, but uh, there's going to be some tough times coming up uh, this season. And let's see what uh, it's easy to judge people when things are going well. But I'm I'm not to say that I want to poo poo on his parade here, but there's going to be some some points of the season where um, we, we're going to be battle tested, and I want to see what um, what comes of it at this point. Because I hate to be the bearer of bad news, we've seen this time and time again from the same squad where we uh, we start off uh, out of the gate quick. And then uh, once uh, we start losing momentum, it's a uh, snowball that just keeps rolling, rolling downhill. But I hope I'm wrong uh, for this season here. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Karesta? Uh, uh, still too early to say, like Dave said, but man, bring on Porto. I wish we were playing Porto this following <laughs> week already, to be honest with you, man. It's just one of those where like Dave said, man, it could be, you know, this can last a few a bit and all of a sudden come week 10 or something, everything just happens to fall apart. My fear, my fear right now really is 
God forbid, knock on wood, Enzo, Enzo gets hurt or someone gets hurt that you really don't have someone on the bench to replace with during that critical time of the year. You know what I mean? Um, that's my biggest fear right now. Now, I don't know if this new guy who's coming from the Norwegian or wherever he's from, I don't, I don't know anything about him, to be honest with you. Not really nothing at all. I don't know if he's going to be enough to occupy or, or to fill in that space. Um, I mean, I've, from what I've read, I think he's a center defensive mid or a center mid or a box to box kind of player. Uh, I've heard different things, but I don't know. I don't know if, if, if you lose one of those guys in the midfield, what do you, what are we going to do at that point? Cause it just seems like the team is rolling so well off of that man right now, or those two in the midfield that, um, Bro, I'd say bring on Real Madrid right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's 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 good, bro. That's good, No, friend, let's go, man. I want I want to really see what this team can do. Yeah, to be honest with you, man. Yeah, I really want to see how much can we possibly how how much can we do with the team the way it is right now and the way we're playing. I understand we're only playing in the Portuguese league, we've only played Dinamo Kiev, we haven't played any real powerhouses, but. We played Newcastle not too long ago. And from what Newcastle was able to do this past weekend against Man City, I feel kind of comfortable. I feel yeah, kind we of taught good. them all the tricks. You know what I mean? I feel kind of good. But I, I don't know. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll just have to well look, it's it's him and Nedge, right? Because Nedge was out a couple games and we definitely felt a, a, a difference. Um, and I, I you know, we were talking about Nedge and there's a lot of people saying this is what we expected from Sibolinia, and certainly is, right? I can't I don't disagree with that. But the whole thing with Nedge, man, is not only is is one v one skills, but he has the ability to go to either side. So he's just not the guy that you know there's a tendency like Sibolinia always had a tendency to come inside. So after a while, after defenders watching some film on him, it's like, well, regardless of what he does with the ball, he's always going to come inside. And, and Ned is so unpredictable in, in that aspect. And I would hate to see uh, if he goes down. Uh, I think for me, and, and I'll ask you guys uh, what you, what your thoughts are for me, we still need two to three players. Uh, I think we need, um, a guy to play between lines, right? So, like a, a guy to play under under the the forward, like Romari plays now. Uh, I think that um, a center forward, a quality center forward, if we need to have aspirations to go far in the Champions League, is needed. Uh, and I I would take a keeper also. I, I Vlako Dimus doesn't really, he's not the sweeper keeper that that we that we need to have to play under this system uh he does well and he's okay but i mean we we've seen him you know come off of balls and just not grab balls but for me it's uh it's a number 10 or a guy that operates between lines which i think ricardo Orta fits fits the mold uh and it's a it's a it's a center forward a guy that can make a difference uh because i like gonzalo Ramos. he's still too green He's a guy that's going to need this whole season to kind of progress. And I think that Befica needs a guy that's going to be be able to make the difference right away if we're able to put our stamp in domestically and internationally. Um, and I really think it's important that we have an extra option under uh, or within that trio of Rafa and Nersh, a guy that, could, that, that performs well in the carousel. Dave, what do you what do you think? Do you, do you think this team is still uh, lacking? 
Yeah, I wouldn't. What, what I, positions I know, would you tackle? I know um, that we gave them a, an A plus plus earlier on the uh, the transfer market, but there's still some depth <laughs> issues that uh, we want to, or at least I want to see uh, addressed. A good shout out that you gave there on the keeper uh, position. I think that's been kind of going uh, unnoticed or not talked about. Um, but there's 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 still chatter that Vlaco might leave before the end of the the transfer market. So I don't know if there's some work going on behind the scenes and nothing's being really leaked out, but definitely would like to see uh, an upgrade there behind uh, or, uh, or starting at the the keeper position Um, with your um, comment there about Gonzalo Ramos uh, having another year to learn here at the Benfica, everything that I'm reading or hearing is that I don't know whether he's going to be forced out or or there's just going to be an aggressive bid, but um, I, I don't know what are you guys thoughts of, of Ramos either staying for the whole season or do we sell him kind of while while his his value is high here uh, before the end of the transfer market? His value is going to be higher at the end of the season. You think so? You think it's going to be another I, Darwin? I, I uh, think I think that he's going to not use... as high as Darwin, but and I, I, in, in no in a I, I, comparison yeah. where we, we it just only goes up from from here and it's not going to go down yeah, throughout I, the season. I, I think he will fetch uh, fifty to sixty if he has a good season. If he has the season that we expect him to have, uh, don't forget last season a lot of times he played in a supporting role and that's not really his gig. His gig is more the lone forward up front, the finisher, the guy that moves around a mobile, mobile forward. Uh, there's been a lot of talks about Newcastle, uh, Wolves. Um, but I, the biggest thing is that right now, whatever team picks him up now has to have the squad to give Gonzalo Ramos some patience and some time for him to blow up. Because if it's a, if it's a team that's going to, pick him up and said this is our guy and we kind of gonna mold our team around this guy you're gonna be in trouble because that pressure is not gonna bode well with his evolution and i think that after playing last year and now with less pressure on him i think that ramush is going to he has the proper setting to evolve into the next level but i, I feel like that's a that's not necessarily Benfica's problem. That would be Ramos or the other team's problem that that purchase and Benfica right. could be cashing in on on him him now. Not not to say that his value is not going to go higher, but this is as high as his values ever been since he's he's been with the 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 senior squad at, at least, right? So um, I think we I could mean, f- I, we could fetch probably twenty million for him right now, twenty to twenty five million for him. Oh, right I now. think we could get more. But here's a question for both of you: Do we hold him? Let him keep playing the way he's playing, make the national team, go to the World Cup, and then see his value maybe double or triple by January. I think his his value will double or triple. Well, yeah, but I think his value will double or triple by the end of the season. So not necessarily the, the World Cup. And let's not forget, really? I think let's not forget Ronaldo still has a lot of say in this in this yeah. World Cup. Do you think that Ramos is going to play ah. in this World Cup? I think if he keeps getting the burn that he he's getting right now on, on Benfica and he performs the way he's been performing, if he keeps his hot streak going, how do you keep him out? He, may, he, will, make the, he will make the squad, but I, I don't think he will necessarily get any minutes. 
Uh, I don't know, man. He's been showing me something different that I think I didn't think he was capable of doing within the yeah. last few weeks, to be honest with you. I get that. Uh, it's that opportunistic, um, opportunistic. Uh, like, and he's aggressive. He's aggressive, he's aggressive man. He doesn't I love have, it. Sometimes he lacks on a touch, uh, but he makes up because he, he seems to always put himself in, in good positions. And I yeah. think that sometimes you can't teach that. You got to have that instinct to go look, to put yourself in a position where you could finish. And I think that's why he's had so much success. It's not necessarily because he could dribble, dribble two or three guys. It's because yeah. he appe he appears in a, in a, in a, in a zone or in a box or whatever, in a position that's going to give him the best chances at finishing. And I think that's like the goal against Kazapia, for example, you know, that's, that's all hustle. He tolls, the, he, he tolls that ball away from the defender and the keeper, and then he follows up with a shot. That's all hustle for me. But I do. He, he, he still lacks a lot of – he still lacks some technical ability, in my opinion, to be that one forward that I would envision for this Mifika team. Right, Esther, what do you, what do you think? Good thing. Here's a good thing. You brought up all these sayers. Um, this past Sunday, I was with Litos, if you remember Litos. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, this conversation of Adi actually came up. Him and I are actually on the same on the same field of thinking when it comes to all these sayish. Um, could we pick up something a lot better than all these sayish? Maybe. Has he done his job for us? I think he has. Uh, the question is: Are we willing to risk giving up what we know versus the unknown? Unless it's a proven uh, guy. Uh, I, hey, we've had we've had keepers who were proven guys and never really proved it. Roberto, for one, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, you can never forget that one. That's like a scar, right, buried right in the back of your head there. <laughs> um, but you know, honestly, thinking about it, it's like Lito's Lito said the same thing. He's like, man, he's not. He's the least him. of our worries, I think. He's the least of our worries, so we should be thinking about other things. To be honest with you, um, the other thing was we were saying Enzo. Enzo Fernandez purchase, does that set the standard as to how Benfica should spend and who they should spend on? With that said, is Arta a good purchase at this time? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I think for what they're talking about spending on, on Arta, I think it's a little too much for, for him, to be honest with you. I don't know that I really, really want him on Benfica for that kind of price. Yeah, but I mean, some people feel differently. They feel like you know we need him now, but I don't yeah. know. I think he's he, he's a he's a good fit, but not for that price. I think there's better players that that we could go get for that price. I just, let I me mean, let me let me ask you some something. You're Pedro Pedro Brash, huh? we Pedro Brash. Uh -huh. You got 25 mil. Where where do you go to reinforce this team? <sighs> With 25 not, mil. Not specific, not players in specific, but what areas? But what areas? You definitely need someone to give Enzo a rest by far. You need to pick someone up for that spot. That's hands down. No ifs, ands, or buts. Um, I think everywhere else we're pretty well served. On the striker position, I think if we don't get rid of Gonzalo Ramos, I think we'll be okay. Because you got Musa, who we really haven't seen much of, but If it comes down to the nitty gritty, you can always use a guy like Yarm Shuk, uh, which I'm not crazy about, but he is a striker. You got Musa, who is a striker. You still have uh, 
what's his name, Maraujo. I, I think, you know, he's not far behind Gonzalo Ramos, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't think we're that bad in that position, to be honest with you. The other position I think we need to fill in is at a left back position, which I don't think we have a substitute for Grimaldo right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. So we I haven't, I, we I haven't seen think, enough of Ristich. Correct. So um, I honestly feel like you got to pick someone for that left back spot and you got to pick up someone for that midfield to take up that spot in case Enzo needs a breather or two mm. or three or whatever the case may be. Cause we really don't have anyone for that spot right now. We don't, yeah. I don't think we have uh, enough wingers either, right? If Rafa or Neres goes down, like who do we who do we have going in there? Yeah, I think, like, yeah, Gil Diaz and Gonçalves. Yeah, João Mati can fill in that spot if needed, right? No, and and uh, I think that uh, Ba also played as a winger, as a winger. Yeah, so he has that ability. I mean, we've seen it. He does have that ability. Um, Shit, throw Gilberto in there. My man's been looking amazing. <laughs> he could play anywhere. Man, he can play anywhere right now. Bro. Gilberto Carlos. Gilberto Carlos. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, look, I think that, uh, you know, everybody's heard about uh, Frederick uh, Ar- 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 Arsness. I don't even know how to say his, his name. Arsness. Neither do I. <laughs> uh, the Norwegian. The, yeah, came from uh, from uh, Feyenoord is a player that obviously Roger Smith knows and knows well, right? So uh, I mean, we have to trust him. From what I've from what I've seen, he's a guy that could play both the six and the eight position. Quick touch, quick dribble, good vision is is what I've been able to see in terms of my YouTube scouting, which is always the best scouting, right? <laughs> But I think he's a guy that could that could provide that depth in the midfield. Is he a guy that could replace Enzo? Look, I don't think anybody in the Portuguese league right now could replace Enzo, to be honest with you. Just the level that he has brought to this Pifica midfield, the talent, the vision, um, you know, the, the lung on top of it. Because a guy like that involved in creation, involved in, in, uh, in defending, and still have that lung at the end of the day, Today, man, that's that's tough, man. Not a lot of guys are, are built that way, but yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, if he were to go down, I'm I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit concerned about uh, what's to come. But let's see what this uh, what this Frederick guy brings. Hey, hey, uh, Fuma, you saw this yeah. guy on YouTube. Does he yeah. seem like he has the speed that's needed in order to maintain this pressure in the midfield and he's going pacey. forward? Is he? I think he's from what I saw. He's he's pacey. All right, he's space. He's got he's got short dribble. Uh, I saw him um, good good passing, vertical passing, uh, good vision to just get out of pressure from from what I saw on YouTube. And I only saw a couple couple of videos, a couple of those uh, welcome to Benfica videos and skills and whatever. So I, I mean, I have I have kind of tempered hopes, but I'm I'm hoping that with the knowledge and the uh, understanding that. Roger Smith has of the Dutch league that he we're going to get a guy that he needed that he asked for. Uh, and I think that you can't ignore that, especially with the credit that he's built so far with the fan base. Speaking of the, uh, the Dutch league, and I think we already touched base about pot four, but should we not be cheering for, for Rangers to pull up yeah. some sort of an upset against PSV? Yeah. You don't want the storyline. Well, that and maybe start poaching some of these players that uh, Roger Schmidt's already worked with at PSV. Maybe, maybe they're in a position now where they can't afford to to keep these players, need to make some sales rather than purchases. And 
I know in the in the past, and there hasn't been any anything to this recently, but there was that uh, Sangare uh, midfielder, the uh, young uh, English guy Madueke on the on the wing too, and Gakpo is linked to uh, United now. But there's there's some talent there on that PSV team where if they don't qualify for the Champions League, maybe they they become sellers, and we can pick one of these uh, players off their their hands here. Yeah. Now, like I said, I think this qualifying to the Champions League opens up a whole new level of of players, opens up another room, another shop window of players that you're going to have you pick from. Uh, now, do and you think, I think that means that they're going to go splurge another 20 million on players? Um, not. I don't think they'll splurge that, that much, but I think that they will try to grab a guy uh, that either comes on loan with an option to buy at the end of his contract or that we just pick up the salary and we don't buy him outright. I think that's going to be where we're going to go. I don't think that Bifika is going to go out and, and splurge $20 million. Um, We'll see what happens with Orta. I wish this Orta thing was over already, but we'll see what happened. But, it's I mean, that's a lot right of... The that, last day. But that's a lot of money. How do you spend that much money on Orta and still expect yeah. to bring somebody that's going to affect this squad in a positive way. Yeah, how do you justify that kind of money? I don't know. I, I don't know. For me, you take the 15 million and you go grab one of these guys that are on the fence at, at Real Madrid, at, at City, at whatever. You pick the I club. Agree. There's guys out there on a the fence that wouldn't mind dropping down to a team that they know they're going to get playing time and they're going to be playing at a high level in the Champions League. I, I'm i sure of it. I'm sure of and it. And bring a whole different perspective to the team, man. Yeah. And just one piece could, could change the just the face of this team. Not that I'm not happy with the team. Uh, and I know that beggars can't be choosers. But shit, there was one year we spent $100 million on players. I'm not expecting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not <laughs> expecting 100 million to be spent, but certainly surgical buys. And so far, I, thought, I think that, and I agree, A plus plus. I think that Benfica has moved very well or extremely well in the market. Rui Pedro Braz is my fucking hero because <laughs> he's, he, he's he's made it happen, man. He's in Argentina. He was on a train with this the, the Norwegian guy. He's he's at the airport coming with guys. Look, he's he's done it right, man. Kudos, kudos to uh, yeah. to Benfica, and and I don't know if there's if if we're playing with house money, uh, or if we're splurging a little bit too much because there was all this people contesting um, Rui Costa, right? The, yep. the, uh, remember uh, the audit, the audit that was the supposed financial to be audit. The, the, finan- <laughs> the, the forensic financial audit that was supposed to take place that was supposed to be delivered last October as ne- hasn't come through yet. Hasn't right? showed up yet. <laughs> the, the 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 situation with Luis Fifiera, where Benfica is, where Luis Fifiera is being investigated in terms of whether or not he, he stole from Benfica, and Benfica hasn't added themselves as uh, uh, complainers or associated themselves to to that to that whole case all of that is still in the shadow of Costa. it's just died down because the team what's now 10 10 games 10 straight wins for the season or whatever six. it is six no, or seven yeah well, well, well let's six. count let's count the preseason one stoop man oh for sure. oh. <laughs> what are we sport thing here come on campeões da pré-época no, no, but that, that's the thing, man. Those things are, are somewhat still 
you know, in the shadow. Those things are not going away. And at the first sign that things are not going well. So, and I'm not saying this is true or not, but you have to wonder, is this a, a, a move by Rui Costa to kind of silence his, his critics, right? Or is this the way the, the guy really operates? Or is this what he can bring to Benfica? We, we'll find out as the season develops. But certainly uh, this preseason has been nothing but encouraging. I'm enjoying watching Benfica again. Uh, not like last season. It seemed like every game, it was a freaking sacrifice to watch the games, man. Uh, but I'm enjoying the play- The team is playing good ball. Uh, I like the high press. I like the, the the offensive volume. I don't know, man. I'm just enjoying it. Let me enjoy it, man, because the past couple of seasons had been nothing but suffering. Nothing but suffering. Uh, yep. Anyway, uh, moving on and, and wrapping up here. But before we wrap up, there's a few things that I wanted to uh, that I wanted to mention. Uh, extremely good week for for Benfica. So we're gonna start with uh, Pedro uh, or or I don't know if it's Pedro Pichardo or but it's Pichardo, uh, the uh, triple jumper that uh, is European champ- champion. So world champion, Olympic champion and European champion now. So congrats to him. He's obviously re- uh, representing Portugal, but he's a Benfica athlete. Uh, the other thing, uh, the ladies qualified for the group stages of the Champions League. Extremely proud of, of that group also. And uh, another historic thing, the U-20s, after uh, winning the UEFA Youth League um, this past year, went to um, went to Uruguay, Montevideo, to play Peñarol in their their own stadium in front of 40,000 people and came out of uh, Uruguay with a trophy of uh, of intercontinental champions so uh big kudos to to that team a team that only uh only fielded five players from the players that were in the final um uh for the for the UEFA uh, Champions League U Champions League so Big, uh, big historic week for Benfica with all these uh, happenings for sure. Uh, you guys have a chance to watch that U twenty game or no? I did I not. Watched, I saw some highlights. Yeah. Watched the second half there, and uh, it was a little bit nervy there at the the, at end, the end. But the boys, uh, boys pulled through. And uh, man, if this is what we have coming through the uh, the pipeline, like injected oh. into our our, vine, our veins here but it's good to start seeing uh some um some more trophies in our cabinet here sorry co- correction michael gonzalez is co- continues correcting me the ladies are in the final round not in the group stage yet so sorry about okay. that yeah i gotta tap into uh mr benfica he's the he's the one uh, dude that uh, covers the ladies i don't uh i don't follow the ladies all that close they they, they beat what twente uh twente last yeah that's who they beat there they beat so. twente yeah, now, but but certainly, uh, you know, I, I watched this game, uh, the U twenty in in, um, e- extremely homely crowd as you can imagine, forty thousand all pulling for Peñarol. Uh, the camera kept panning to the Benfica uh, section, and there was there was, <laughs> it was only like five like guys, five people, <laughs> <laughs> five people there. But uh, look, I I like their composure. Uh, in terms of playing, they probably have never played in front of that many fans in that type of atmosphere. And I thought that they did extremely well in terms of uh, their composure and being able to get the result. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely a, a great accomplishment. And that's all I got. Aresta, what do you got? What do you got to say for yourself, man? 
Oh, it was great to be back, man, on a podcast. It was great. Yeah. Thanks what, for having me. Yeah. Where people what can people find you on uh, on Twitter? Are you on Twitter? Not on Twitter anymore, man. Not on no? Twitter. Anymore. You gave that up? No. Too toxic. Gave that up. Yeah, that, that's that's a whole different world over there, bro. <laughs> um, I gave up Twitter. Um, I think the only thing I have right now is Instagram and Facebook. That's it, man. Instagram and Facebook to Facebook that's to keep it. up with the with the old folks. No, I got to keep up with Bruno, bro, with his uh, <laughs> fake news on on, on on Facebook. But so you like his fact? <laughs> you like his fact checker? I have to, dude. Come on, he makes up his own facts as it goes along. Come on. Uh, nah, nah, I just playing around. Um, yeah, that's the only thing I'm really on right now is Facebook. I just uh, and that's just to keep up with the news of what's going on within the family. Really, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, why I use it too. I don't use it. Other that than much. that, yeah, I haven't been on Twitter since the show finished um that, that that's really it man i'm just i'm just looking forward to the season with my fika to be honest with you man i haven't been this excited about my fika in quite some time last year was a one to forget definitely yeah now for the, the last year and the year before that the year before that i was a little excited in the beginning you know what i mean it was the whole thing with uh some young talent from the year before and maybe we could have pulled something off but last year was just horrible man Horrible. Last year was definitely a year to forget. Yeah. Uh, Brun Gil Rodriguez, you guys should do a forum with open mic for us to participate. As soon as I, as soon as I can figure that out, I'll, we'll do that. Uh, this new platform that we're using is still somewhat new to us. I think this is probably the first show where we haven't had any issues. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but as soon as, uh, as soon as I figure that out, man, we'll get to uh, as well as putting the, the chat up on a screen, man. I'm, I'm just trying to keep it simple uh, and to really uh, own this, uh, this tool. And once I own it, we're, we're going to try to do a couple things that are, that are a little bit more exciting to have uh, the participation of everyone. So. It gets tough, man. It gets tough, Fuma, especially when you try to do a lot and you're you're trying to do the yeah. show at the same time and, and trying to edit and, and get everything going at the same time. It's tough, man. I yeah. give you credit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to try something like that. I know that uh, the boys at Pifika FM do it, so I can always tap into uh, Noon Picard if I need uh, some some help. But right now, it's just owning this and, and just stabilizing this. And after that, we're going to start getting a little bit more fancy. Dave, any last words? No, it was a great, uh, great pod, up, uplifting. But uh, like I said, I got a little bit uh, bad memories here for for Boavista, but hopefully we can put those uh, to best. Still talking about Boavista. Still talking <laughs> yeah. about Boavista. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm scarred. <laughs> and I pulled up. I pulled up what happened last year. Last year, last year we were up two nothing at half, and then Boavista right. scored those uh, two late goals in the second half there, and uh, they almost ended up beating us but it was a 2-2 draw so um the the ghosts of Bessa have me uh have me worried here that's for sure dave that was last year dude bring them on i want real madrid right now dude i want real madrid right now <laughs> here, i'm scared of Boavista, and you're you're ready to take on real madrid dave you want to you, <laughs> you, you want to risk a prediction on uh, Boavista? uh let, I, we'll win 2-1 two, 2-1 one. Two, one. pedro 3-1 benfica baby 3-1 I'm going with three nothing. We need to keep those clean sheets. I like it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, thanks everybody for the, uh, that has that was on the, on a chat with us and, and following us and, and 
I promise one of these days we'll do a forum and, you know, we, we got to do something also in terms of more interaction with you guys. So we'll do that. Uh, thank you, Pedro, for, for coming on, man. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, it's, it's too, too bad that, uh, that Zitugas is gone because I really, really enjoyed the banter, uh, especially when you guys went at, uh, at Bruno and Benfica was on a good weekend. When Benfica was on a bad weekend, that was not a good weekend. That was not a good week to to listen to the podcast because of Bruno. Because he was all over you calava, bro. No, calava, man. Skest, bro. Skest. Skest. So, thanks, everybody. We'll be back uh, next week. We'll recap uh, Bovista and we'll uh, also talk about the, the draw. All right? Thanks. Take care, everyone. Bye. Peace.